Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today we're joined by Mike Griebenau who is actually has worked with and competed with one of our previous guests, and that was Joe Gelata. Uh, they both were working together at Vidyard and actually both competed in other areas. Uh, Mike has a pretty broad experience over both sales and marketing operations, so I, I think he has some interesting opinions about that. We'll discuss those. Uh, he's currently the director of revenue operations at Blendtec and also is a kind of sole proprietor consultant at Arlined Consulting. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, can we kick off actually by talking about something that you mentioned just before we started recording, which is you obviously have experience both on sales and marketing ops side, um, but you kind of mentioned that actually you think they're quite similar. And I wanted to just ask you uh, why you say that before we kick off with the interview. Uh, I mean, there's definitely uh, similarities between administration of a marketing platform and a sales tool. Um, but really, it's you're transferring the data from you know marketing automation to CRM and any other connected tool. So you really have to understand the, the whole uh, ecosystem of the tech stack and how that tech or that information is going to be used ultimately. So uh, I don't really see uh, a handoff from an administration perspective, like when you're thinking of the sales process, you know, leads get passed from marketing to sales to success, uh, ultimately for uh, customer operations. And there's kind of delineated roles there, but in terms of how that data moves from one to another, you kind of, as a administrator, need to understand how that transition happens and how that handoff uh, programmatically happens, as well as how you're going to, use that information from a sales process perspective. So you can't really, uh, in an operations perspective, easily delineate roles between those teams as, as much because um, you, you, you need to know what you're collecting at the front end that's going to be used at the back end and the impl- implications on all the teams in between. So uh, that's, that's why I kind of think of it as, as one journey of data through the system as opposed to uh, just role-specific information. And am I right in saying that you haven't been 
aligned as a specific sales operations person or role since 2015, e.g. you've been in revenue operations since then? Yeah, I think, um, like, as you were mentioning, one of, our, one of your previous guests, Joe Galata, kind of introduced me to the concept of revenue operations as this, like, holistic approach. But uh, I think people just never really had a name for it before that. Uh, but we're starting to kind of think of it along those lines um, and functionally operate that way, but it just didn't have a good way or a good label for it. Awesome. Um, and have you ever actually been just a like specific sales ops person? Uh, not only sales ops, but I think that my current role actually is probably the closest I've been to uh, specifically only sales operations. Yeah. Got it. Um, so my first question is normally, how did you get into sales ops? But actually, my question would be, how did you get into the revenue operations function? Uh, really, it, it kind of started uh, back in my first role at OpenText. So um, one thing that uh, was the case on the field marketing team at the time was we had a lot of marketers out there deploying campaigns, but uh, they weren't interacting with the system on a day-to-day basis. So when it came to, to doing offline uploads, you know, formatting was always an issue, uh, data consistency, uh, normalization of values for pick lists, those kinds of things were were things that uh, the team, you know, would would forget to do in the week or two between uploads. So uh, I came in as a data coordinator role, originally thinking I wanted to be a marketer. And then that's how I got exposed to the whole uh, tech stack side of marketing and sales. So uh, that was, you know, me formatting spreadsheets for uploads, but then got exposed to uh, marketing automation platforms and through the sales operations team, uh, which was a global team at OpenText. Uh, getting the ins and outs of how the rest of the organization used the data and starting to think that way. So uh, that's where I kind of got started out and then transitioning into other roles that, you know, maybe became more marketing focused or sales focused, uh, but never completely one of the other. Got it. And if we zoom in today to blend tech, uh, what is the size of the, the revenue organization? So sales, marketing and success. And then what is the size of the operations team? Uh, the operations team is, uh, depending on how you, <laughs> how you think of it, um, myself, but probably uh, two or three more when you start including IT and, and the marketing side, because everyone has a little bit of a, a role in the administration of the tools. Uh, really, right now, Blendtec is, is scaling up the uh, operations side of things. It's really a traditional sales type organization, you know, people with boots on the ground and making phone calls and now transitioning to more of a technology driven focus with the you know, expansion of marketing efforts. So uh, rolling out a new uh, sales sales uh, <clears throat> SEM platform and accounting platform. And that kind of, you know, really is driving the, now we have this opportunity to add an, a more uh, marketing and uh, technology-driven uh, operations perspective uh, than historically when we had a bespoke system that was somewhat limited in terms of what you could uh, do with it from, expansion into marketing got it and how many people in the sales team sales team uh well we've got right now one uh kind of pre-sales and qualification person and then you know four to five people depending on which segments you're targeting that are outside sales got it awesome and then how many people uh how many support reps for reps, we've got uh, two customer service reps that are kind of you know the customer success organization, 
and then we've also got uh, finance, which has a has a uh, input into that as well. So everyone kind of uh, shares responsibility and uh, getting access to information because we have a little bit of a, a silo going on. But as we're tearing down those walls, everyone's going to have access to everyone else's information. So uh, we're looking forward to the the fluidity there a little bit. Tearing down those walls, awesome. That's a good quote. Um, okay, cool. Are you responsible for data quality? Uh, I think everyone's responsible for data quality. I mean, everyone touches it. I, there's only so much we can do. Um, but uh, right now, there is an initiative that you know we're driving to try and you know clean up the pipeline and and get some better accuracy on the information in there. So uh, you know, our first pass is looking at the data points that you know, the organization feels are its key data points and making sure that they're at least filled out. And then we're going to focus on, you know, making sure that that's up to date and and revisiting that a little bit. So, you know, doing the classic first uh, LinkedIn approach, you know, getting people access to Navigator to, to do updates that way, and then working towards an, an automated flagging of uh, expired information in the future. Awesome. So you mentioned LinkedIn sales nav that you're going to get in the future, what is the rest of the, the revenue tech stack at Blendtec? Uh, right now, we're using Salesforce and expanding you know, financial force in there as well for, for SEM and accounting. Uh, right now, from the marketing side of things, we are using MailChimp, but transitioning to a marketing automation platform shortly. So pretty excited about that with the team. Uh, LinkedIn Nav is in there as well. And then you know, we'll be expanding from there as needs arise, but really focusing on the uh, the financial force rollout right now to to get ERP under 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 wraps there. Got it. And then, how are you the the four to five or actually six salespeople? What are you doing at the moment to help drive their productivity? Uh, right now, we're trying to get as uh, I, I I think it's. Um, HubSpot that typically says reducing friction. <laughs> We're trying to reduce as much friction there as possible. So, uh, you know, limiting how much data entry they have to do as much as possible because they are on the road a lot. Um, so implementing uh, process builders, workflows, uh, triggers within Salesforce to try and do a lot of the data normalization so that uh, they don't necessarily have to. Um, and then capturing as much information at time of initial data entry so that we don't have to chase them down later on. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a push and pull right now because there's a lot more being collected up front, which is always a little bit of a barrier, uh, but we're trying to control that a little bit more with, you know, data appending when possible. And, uh, you know, if you enter, it, start entering an address, you get the recommendation for the additional address and then uh, workflows to normalize that data into something that can be used for filtering without having to have them uh, have uh, validation rules controlling, you know, this is outside of the standardized format. There's there's a lot you can do with automation to, to clean data and uh, change its format to be used by other teams that doesn't need to be done by, by front-end data entry that we're really focusing on right now. Got it. And how did you, so you, you're saying that you, more recently you've, tried to get the sales reps to add more data at the start so you don't have to chase them down. How did you go about telling them that actually we're going to need you to do more work at the start of this process? Uh, it's, it's really showing people how their information is going to be used by other teams. Uh, you know, one thing, uh, you, you try whenever possible to augment people with technology. Um, a great example that some people in the SaaS world take for granted is, 
uh, email and call logging. It's it's not until you uh, you show the person what other people are doing with their information that they actually see the value. So um, typically, a response that you would get from from a team member is, you know, why don't you call me and ask me if you need some information? Why do I have to log this all in the system? I know what I I know what I need, but it's once you walk them through the workflow of a success person that you say, um, you know, a, a customer is called in looking for the details of their last purchase and they have to dig through somebody's email inbox that they've been given access to, to find the files that were shared, that it really raises the issue of like, uh, it, it makes the, the organization uh, look immature to have uh, someone sitting on the phone, <laughs> digging through email inboxes. So, so properly logging all, all activities and capturing that information to make follow-up processes so much quicker is uh, really what uh, that information can be used for. So uh, you need to show not only how does this help you, but how does this help the rest of the team uh, deliver on a good experience. Um, that extra two or three clicks to fill out a couple more fields can save someone downstream, you know, half an hour of time when delivering service. So uh, once that becomes visible, people feel the pain a little bit more as if it was it was their role. And if you're causing that pain to someone else, then, then maybe you're a little more on top of being helpful in the future. Got it. Um, moving on to the forecasting process. How's that currently working at Plantech? Uh, I mean, we're a little bit more transactional. So we're looking, uh, a lot of the sales team tries to, to lock in pricing because we are a bit of a commodities uh, type of organization. Um, so we'll lock in guaranteed pricing. So you, uh, you try to get, you know, what's a customer's typical usage and, and how much that, how much are they going to consume over an organization over a year so that you can, uh, do a little bit of forecasting that way. But uh, when it comes down to actual sales, uh, you'll have a little bit of, uh, POs come in and then you're delivering product and, uh, do a little bit of comparison to what was expected to be sold and actually sold. So. Uh, gives you a little bit of an idea of uh, what's happening months down the road based on on historical purchase history, but you still need to deliver on that purchase. Uh, so you have an idea, but you're not guaranteed based on on how organizations are going to operate. Got it. Um, and then a question about metrics. So if you could only measure one sales related, actually or revenue related metric uh, for the rest of your life, which would you choose? <laughs> There's so many important ones, but like the one that I like, uh, that I think that I can't, that came from my time at Funnel Cake, uh, which was uh, a RevOps uh, reporting and forecasting tool there as well, was response time. So not just uh, how quickly do you respond to an initial outreach, but how uh, how on top of the timing of your uh, stage changes and uh, opportunity follow up are you as well. So. Uh, really just making sure that you are adding touch points to every prospect and every uh, pipeline opportunity on a regular basis so that nothing falls through the cracks. Um, one thing that uh, sales and I would say uh, marketing are both guilty of is chasing the people who, ha who raise their hand, but you forget when they stop raising their hand uh, when they actually haven't said no yet. So uh, you're responding to the people who respond to you, which makes total sense. But there's always those people that like 
you know, maybe they got distracted for a second and never come back, you can keep re-engaging them as much as possible. So, uh, you know, how, how long does it take you to respond and how long has it been since your last response to an inbound inquiry are the things that I am really focusing on lately. Got it. And so it's not just the first response time, it's any response time through the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, are you getting back to your stage five opportunities with the same vigor that you're getting back to your MQLs? Um, you really need to be on top of it the whole way through because, you know, funnels leak and you want to plug those leaks as much as possible. And, and, and would you say that sales reps normally have a bias towards the first stage? I'd say there's, it's probably a bell curve, like first and last stage, like anything that's about to close, they are on top of like crazy and any net new activity they are on top of as well. Uh, things in the, in the middle, it, it's just natural to, uh, you know, start to, to pace it out and take your time. I'm not saying, uh, you know, be that guy that emails every single day, but definitely check in every once in a while. Like you, you it's amazing how long you'll see. Uh, opportunities with no touch points for the past 60 days. That's a long time to not speak to someone who uh, is interested in spending money with you. You know, all it takes is a, you know, how are things going? Did you get your last email? Any additional information I can, I can, I can get you uh, just to make sure that uh, you're showing the prospect that you're interested as well as uh, making sure they're still interested so that you can clear out your pipeline of uh, opportunities that might not be real anymore. Got it. Awesome. Um, and the final question, who in the world of, of revenue operations has taught you the most? Uh, definitely. I think I've had the most learning experiences with Joe. Uh, I don't know if you talk to him too much, but uh, there, there's nothing that he hasn't tried, I would say. And, and operationalizing that, that data is uh, always a challenge. Like he'll come with an idea and, uh, working with him was how can we make this part of the sales process? So uh, definitely a lot of uh, ex uh, challenges that, that he brought forward that we worked, worked through in the past. Um, but I've also, I would say uh, in my time at Corey integrated communications, uh, Richard Hill was a, was a big, big influence there uh, kind of introduced me to the whole uh, responsive email campaign side of things. And uh, got me thinking from you know a customer first perspective in that in that uh, respect. So um, not just how does that data get used internally, but how do you collect that data on the front end? Uh, another another person who uh, had a big influence on me. And uh, I would also say from that first time at OpenText, uh, Bridget Greenway was my hiring manager at the time, and she just really you know, said, this is what the organization needs. But, you know, if you see any opportunities for optimization, run with it and kind of gave me the freedom to experiment and uh, seek out new, new uh, solutions to problems that maybe the management team there hadn't even considered. So, uh, so which, which business was Bridget from? Uh, Open Text at the time. Open Tech. Cool. So we got three. Yeah, Joe, yeah, she... Joe, Richard, and Bridget. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mike, I mean, not thank to say that I haven't had a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, input from from everyone I've worked with, but like those are some of the, like the real mastheads in my in my history. Got it. Um, well, Mike, here are the things that I picked out. So, 
the the point about reducing friction and actually that there's a hell of a lot of work that can be done on the other side of the data input so you can take less away from the sales reps. Um, I don't think we've had this before, but showing reps how this information is actually going to benefit someone else, like the example with the CF team, someone having to go into an inbox to search for some like some purchase order. Um, and then finally, the metric and the, the bell curve analogy based on response time from sales reps. And so I think probably every sales person listening or that we've spoken to could benefit from working with a sales ref to try and reduce response time in those middle stages where maybe they're not so hot um, on response. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales of Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.